Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Thank you, buddy. Good morning. How's everybody? You know, uh, as Ty said, you know, we've always been looking for the right word, because sometimes it's not what you say, it's kind of what you say. I don't, maybe that doesn't make sense to y'all, but, um, you know, trying to figure out, because I hate, I hate the term church service. It's like we're doing God a service or something by coming here. He doesn't need anything from us. We need something from Him. And so uh, me and Sherilyn were, were painting the sign and you know, we kept trying to come up with something that, that wasn't just like everybody else. And so we, we, we came up with Cowboy Clinic. And, and that's kind of what we're doing here, just like Ty talked about, is, is we are putting on a clinic here. And, and I didn't grow up going to these horsemanship clinics, so these, you know, Buck Branneman or, or, or Patella or whatever his name is. I, uh, Pirelli, yeah, isn't that his name? I, I, anyway, y'all, y'all may know who I'm talking about. And, um, but I, I heard Jared one time, he said, I'm going to a horse clinic. And I said, oh, yeah? He said, yeah. And I said, are you in it? He goes, no, I'm going to audit it. I was like, crap, I didn't know you were that good. He's not, only, he's not just going to participate. He's going to go judge it or something. Like he was going to write up a paper on it or something. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, you just pay 25 bucks and you get to audit it. And I was like, wait a minute. You get to pay, you have to pay 25 bucks to judge it? <laughs> He's like, no, that just means go watch. I was like, oh, okay. So here's the deal. Welcome to our cowboy clinic. It is free to participate. It's $1,000 just to sit and listen and not do anything. So the offering box is right back there in the back. Just put your $1,000 in your audit fee and we'll be good to go. So if you don't have 1000 pay attention and let's do what God said. Just a little note, if this is your first time at Save the Cowboy, I promise you, this is not a show ring for saints. This is a sick pen for sinners. There is not going to be any judgment here. We have all done things, said things, probably just a while ago. Um, And if you would like to learn Texan, a while ago just means like a a little time in the present. Okay, I don't know how you spell a while ago, but that's what that means. So anyway, um, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and, and we'll get started. So, um, my neighbor down the road, he called me one day. He's like, dude, you got to come down here. I was like, all right, what is it? He said, just come down here. So, I went down. He lived a mile down. He was my closest neighbor, and, and this was in Texas. And I went down there, and he was just grinning from ear to ear, and he goes, this is the coolest thing ever. I was like, what? And he opens the door, and this polar bear comes running out of the house. Now, it was a baby polar bear. It was only about this big. Come to find out, it was a breed of dog called a Great Pyrenees, but I thought it was a polar bear because that's exactly what this thing looked like, was a polar bear. I saw that thing three days later, and it had gone from this to this. I I don't know what they feed. I guess he was feeding it seals or something. And (laughs) it was the friendliest dog. I mean, it was the only dog I ever had that could walk up and just stand there and lick me in the face. I mean, this dog was huge. I mean, his head was about that big and, and just the most lovable. And, and he told me, he said, these are guard dogs. 
I was like, what's it going to guard you from, a dandelion? That's the friendliest dog I've ever seen. He goes, no, you're supposed to guard things. And I was like, well, that's, that's cool. And so they named this dog Porkchop, which was just the greatest name for this dog ever. You know, just kind of like me in the mornings. And um, yeah, about that big. He's about 6'5", 220. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And um, so anyway... So he calls in, and probably just a couple of months goes by, and you know those dogs grow so fast. And I don't remember how long it was, but he was still young. And he called me. He goes, "Dude, you're not going to believe what happened last night." I was like, "What?" He goes, "Come down here." I get tired of going down there all the time, but you know, I was like, "No, what happened?" He's like, "No, man, you got to come down here. You got to come down here." So I went down there, and he had to reenact what happened. And so, you know, kind of like out here, there, there's a bad coyote problem. And so we start out in his house. And he goes, so I'm sleeping. And he said, I'm just laying there. And suddenly the dogs start barking. Rah, rah, rah. So I holler at him. Now, he, he wears one of them Darth Vader masks when he sleeps. He's like, shut up! He puts his Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> That's off cars. And um, anyway, so he takes his mask off. And he's like, shut up! And they shut up for like three seconds and then they start barking again. He's like, what in the world? And then he kind of hears some coyotes. And usually what, what he does is he just keeps a 12-gauge and he just goes outside and just, you know, pow! And coyotes run off and he goes back to bed. So he goes out there and he's like, y'all shut up! And, and the dogs are standing on the porch. And, and the porch is just probably about as wide as this stage. And he's standing there and he's fixing a fire in the air. And not from here to that camera, there's a coyote standing there just looking. Pow! He shoots that gun off and that coyote just stands there. And then before he could jack another one in, here it comes. Full speed. Now, I mean, a coyote can close that distance in about two seconds. That dog took one leap and met that coyote midair. Boom! And they roll out there. Does anybody have any Jack Russell Terriers? God bless you if you do. He also had two Jack Russell Terriers. Now, now these are cool dogs and they're, they're just like a... They're like adrenaline with four legs. You know, I mean, they're just like caffeine and cocaine and something, okay? And so Porkchop has this coyote, and they're like Wrath of the Titans, you know, king, king, swords out and everything. And then you have the two little Jack Russell tears. All, all the way around this coyote. Well, Lee can't shoot the coyote because all the dang dogs are in the way. So he fires off another shot and everything, and finally he gets the he gets the uh, uh, dogs kind of separated, and he shoots and kills that coyote. And he said, man, it's the craziest thing I ever saw. There's a similar instance that happens in the Bible. In Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9, it says this, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you and we were in the four-part series called Better and Better, learning to know God better and better. The first week, we talked about this part right here. We asked God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. See, that, that's what, if you want to know God better and better and better, then you have to have complete knowledge of His will to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, now complete knowledge, knowledge is, is, and we learned about this, you can go back on the internet, uh, go to our, our website, savethecowboy.com. You can click watch live up there. You can watch our services live, or you can go back and catch up. Not catch up, but catch up. And um, the first week we talked about complete knowledge, and, and wisdom is knowing something, how to do something, and understanding is applying in that, 
and knowledge is putting the two together, okay? So we talked about that the first week, and it says, uh, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, and then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Isn't that what we should do? Live lives that is going to honor and please the Lord. It says, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. We talked about that the second week, producing good fruit. All the while, I mean, Paul's just tying all this together. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Then he says, we all pray also that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have endurance and patience that you need. We learned about what endurance and patience was. You know, patience isn't just like, like something waiting on something. Patience is trusting in God. That's what my wife told me whenever I got home last week. She goes, out of everything you said, the thing that I love the most was patience is not waiting, it's trusting in God. And then this week, and at the end of verse 11, it says, may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. To live a life that will please and honor the Lord, you need to be thankful. Why should we be thankful? Now, I said, I said that, that this same instance happened in the Bible as the story of pork chop, leaping off that, that porch to get between what was going to hurt Lee, and it's in verse 13. Why should we be thankful? Because Jesus saved us. Because in verse 13, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. See, Jesus saved us. Just like pork chop, Jesus jumped in front of that old coyote who wants to take away your soul. See, there's this old coyote in the Bible, and what is kind of strange is that you don't really hear a lot about him in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, when Jesus comes and he saves everybody, man, the devil, the Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. Now, that doesn't sound very joyful. How can we be joyful when we know that there's a lion roaming around on the earth seeking to, de to devour somebody? Well, when we understand that Jesus got between us and that lion, and then there's nothing, the, the devil can't get past him. So what do we be thankful for? Because Jesus saved us. In Luke chapter 22, you can turn over there if you want to, or just listen. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 31 and 32, Jesus is talking to a fellow named Pete, okay? Now, now sometimes his name is Pete, but it's like Simon Pete, or Peter, as some of you like to, like to know him as. Jesus is talking and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Wow, isn't that cool? See, Jesus says, man, see, the devil was coming after you, but I'm jumping right in between. I ain't going to let him get to you. He says, Pete, Pete, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in, in prayer for you that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. See, we're out there all by ourselves in the middle of the night in darkness. And, and that, that's, what that, that's what that verse said. It says uh, in verse 13, For He has rescued us, He has saved us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Jesus has jumped in front of that old coyote 
that is seeking to devour us, that roaring lion that wants to take away everything that we have, take away our joy, take away where, where we're not thankful for anything. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked each of you to sift you like wheat. I pleaded in prayer for you that your faith should not fail, so when you have repented and turned to me again, why should you be thankful? Because Jesus jumped in between what is seeking to destroy us. And not only does he save us from that, but he gives us life. So later on, as you can probably guess, I got a call. He's like, dude, you got to come down here. (laughs) What could be next? Except this time there was a different tone. Lee said, dude, could you come down here? I said, what's the matter? He said, will you come help me dig a hole? See, they cut that coyote's head off and it was rabid. And against all odds and against all medical explanation, Porkchop got rabies. And as a pup, Lee had to dig a hole because Porkchop had to be put down. To live a life that will please and honor God, we need to be thankful. Why should we be thankful? Because Jesus gave everything for us. In verse 14, it says, who purchased our freedom. Now, if you put 13 and 14 together, it says, for he has rescued us, he has saved us, he's jumped in between, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom. Jesus paid the ultimate price to save us. See, there was something that he shouldn't have. There's something that he shouldn't have been able to get. And because Jesus was perfect, he was the son of God. In him there was no sin. Paul talks about in Romans, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus swapped what we had. Against all odds, Jesus took something upon himself to save us that ended up getting him killed because what God did is death, the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. There ain't nobody in here that has not committed a roomful of sin if you're old enough to do that. And what Jesus did is He took all of that and He said, you let me have that and I'm going to die so that you don't have to. Porkchop got rabies against all odds. And it ended up, He paid the price for saving Lee. God does the same thing whenever He sent His Son to die for us. And in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 is one of the most famous quotes in the Old Testament. It's a foreshadowing. It's a prophecy about what Jesus would do for us. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says this, but he has, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole and he was whipped so we could be healed. Isaiah 53, 5. See, that's what Jesus endured for us. He endured not just the cross, but everything that went before it. He endured everything. He paid the price so that you wouldn't have to. So that that you wouldn't have to be crushed for your sins. He was that for you. So So that you, he was beaten so that you could made whole. Because some of you feel broken right now. But Jesus died so that, the Bible says, so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. So some of you are sick inside. I mean, you, you go around, and, and I know because I, I, I have done and I do the same thing. We put a smile on and we tell everybody that things are going good. Oh, yeah, I'm busy. You know, everything's going great. But inside, we know that we're sick. But see, Jesus died so that we could be healed. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten 
so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. See, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, 11 and 12, may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. What do you have to be thankful for? Now, a lot of people, when you ask that question, what do you have to be thankful for? We, we come, oh, I've got a nice house, and I've got, you know, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a car to drive, I've got plenty to eat, and you know what? That's all good, and we should be thankful for those things. But those are not the important things. The things that each of us should be thankful for, the things that we have been given that we didn't deserve, is the fact that Jesus jumped in the way of that roaring lion that's seeking to devour, devour us. And He not only saved us, but He paid a price for not, for not Kevin. He didn't pay the price for Kevin. He paid the price for you. And if you were the only one on earth, He would have done it all over again. I, I, I picture... Jesus on the cross dying and he looks down and he smiles and he says, I do all of this for you. Not, not necessarily for y'all. It's a personal deal. He did it for you. He not only jumped in the way, but he paid the ultimate price for it. He gave everything. When I got down to his house, this six foot one, 185, 190 pound cowboy that I had spent so much time horseback with, so much time riding with, talking with, sitting around a fire with. He had big tears in his eyes. And he said, you know what the hardest part about this was? There's a blanket covering a big old pile of white fur. He said, you know what the hardest part about it was? I said, what's that? He said, whenever I came out here, he was glad to see me. Even this morning, he was glad to see me. We don't understand that kind of love. We just can't, we, we can't fathom that kind of love. He said, he was happy to see me this morning, even this morning. We don't understand that kind of love that Jesus does. Why? Because we've been forgiven. He was glad for us, even on that morning. When they stretched him out and put nails through his hands, when they put nails through his feet, after he had been beaten and spit upon in a crown of thorns where he was pierced through his skin, even into his eyelid with these thorns, he was glad on that morning, even that morning. In verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us. He has jumped in the way from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom. He paid the ultimate price. In the last part, he forgave us our sins. He was glad to do it. You can't be glad to do it and hold something against it. And, and, and in Jeremiah 31, 34, we keep going back to the Old Testament because what I'm trying to teach you is that the Bible is the same yesterday as it is today as it will be tomorrow. Even before Jesus came, the world was talking about what He would do. And through the prophet Jeremiah in verse 31, 30, in chapter 31, verse 34, this is what He says, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says God, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. I will remember their sins no more. He was happy to do it, even on that morning. He was glad to see you, even on that morning. Why should we be thankful? Why? I mean... And I'm not saying anything against this, but 
even if we didn't live in the great country that we live in, we should still be thankful because Jesus jumped in between us and that thing, that entity that seeks to devour us. The Bible says our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil powers and rulers of this world. Our fight is against that, that roaring lion, that old coyote. He jumped in between us. He purchased our freedom with his very life, and he was glad to do it, even on that morning. He's glad to see you after everything is said and done. Jesus is happy to see you. Each and every one of y'all that are sitting here, watching on the internet, listening on the radio, listening on a podcast, or watching YouTube, I don't know. But you are here for a reason today. And Jesus is glad to see you, even this morning. Even in light of everything that you've done, in light of everything that you were feeling, in light of anything that is going on in your life, Jesus is happy that you're here. And we have such a great thing, a great, I don't even know, how, I don't even have the words. And, and to me to say that, that I don't have words, means it's something huge. We have something to be thankful for. May you be filled with joy, what Paul says. This is the end of our better and better series. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Why should you be thankful? Well, see, there's, there's one part that you don't know about. There's a part right there in the middle that I left out. You needed to understand why you should be thankful before you know what you were thankful for. Okay, I, Paul put the not the cart before the horse, but he gave the reward right up top and then said this is why you should be thankful. But in this day and age, I think that whenever we, we get the dessert first, we skip the meal. Okay, May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. And then Paul says this, for he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. See, we have been given everything. We are going to share the inheritance. We are going to be able to receive the exact same benefits of eternal life, of peace and joy and happiness and, and, and power and understanding and wisdom. We get it all just like Jesus does because we are clothed in Him. He gave it all for us. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You know all those things that keep you from being thankful? Those things that steal and rob us of the joy that we should be feeling each and every day because Jesus jumped in front of that coyote that He paid the ultimate price that He was glad to do it and our sins have been forgiven not because of something that we did but because of something that Jesus did. You know all those things that keep you from being thankful? All your problems at work, all your problems with your spouse, all your fears, your inadequacies, your failures, all these things that keep us from being thankful. Your mistakes, your sins, your past, your present. Jesus is bigger than all of these. And He has freed us from all of these. We have everything to be thankful for. And when you put it into perspective of what Jesus did, all of this stuff that keeps robbing you of becoming, of being that thankful, of that joy-filled person that walks around and says, you know what, I'm not going to let that devouring lion come in here and take a bite out of the joy that I should feel each and every day. And why should we do that? Because we are commanded to live as the light. We are that 
Jesus shining through us is that light in the darkness that is attracting other people so that they can come up and say, I want what you have. And if you are a so-called believer in Christ that's always pissed and, and just moping around and mad and angry and all of this all the time, you're not drawing anybody unto you. Jesus can't work through somebody like that. We have to have the joy that doesn't come from material possessions. We have to have thankfulness that doesn't come from, from something that money can buy. We have to be joyful on things that, that aren't based upon our feelings of the moment. We should always be thankful and joyful in all situations. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And I think that there's probably 102% of us in here that has a troubled heart about something. You and God know what that is. I don't. But take it right now that Jesus is talking to each and every one of you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you when everything is ready? I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Jesus is holding out His hand. He wants you to live that life that you only dreamed of. Not so that you can be happy, so that He can shine through you so that others may come and, and know Him and experience what some of you are experiencing right now. That joy in your heart. You're like, man, I finally get it. I never realized it. That's the type of joy that God wants for each and every one of us. Let's bow our heads. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for privacy, this is between you and God, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready? Do not let this day pass. Are you ready to step out of the darkness you've been living in and into a world where anything and everything is possible? Are you ready to trade all of your fears and all of your regrets for a life of thankfulness and purpose? Where do you want to spend eternity? The devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but Jesus is holding out a nail-scarred hand to save you if you're ready to take it. I want you to say this prayer. Just You don't have to say it out loud. Just You can just repeat after me in your heart. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving a sorry sinner like me. I no longer want to ride for myself, but for you. People, if you've just said that prayer, then the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are two things that you need to do now. Not as a cause of this great gift that we've been given, but as a result. Turn back to God and be baptized. We don't repent and be baptized to be saved. We do them as a sign that we are. And that's what God told us to do. God, we thank you for the message today. We are thankful for this new life you've given us. Open our eyes so that we can see our new trail, our new purpose, and the new truth that you've given us today. God, we thank you so much for Jesus and sending him to us and for us. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Don't forget, next 